Hey, Wiki listeners, it's Rachel. And Victor, did you know I host the fantastic NYC talent show every Monday night at the Parkside Lounge in New York City? It's an off-off Broadway showcase where you can see New York's underground performance art up close. We've got weekly special guests like Colin Quinn, Janine Garofalo, Tone Bell, and lots more. Use the code WIKILISTEN for a special discount on tickets when you go to nyctalentshow.com. That's nyctalentshow.com. This is the Wikipedia page for Sexuality of Abraham Lincoln, Part 2 of 2. Welcome to Wikilisten, the podcast where we read Wikipedia pages and provide commentary. I'm Victor Vernado, KSN. And I'm Rachel Teichman, LMSW, reminding you to subscribe for more premier Abraham Lincoln news. Everyone, yes, please subscribe. Have a really good time with it. Just have a great subscription. Yes, and don't forget that if you're listening to this in the morning on January 14th, 2024, you can find us at Columbia University for Wikipedia Day today. Just make sure you go to Eventbrite. If you promote that one more time, just one more time. Yes, go on. I'm not going. Well, luckily, this is the last episode that um, is relevant to promote it. So, Oh, my gosh. That is lucky. Let's continue with Marriage with Mary Todd Lincoln. Heck yeah. Marriage with Mary Todd Lincoln. Lincoln and Mary Todd met in Springfield in 1839 and became engaged in 1840 in what historian Alan Guelzo calls... One of the murkiest episodes in Lincoln's life. Lincoln called off his engagement to Mary Todd. This was at the same time as the collapse of a legislative program he had supported for years, the permanent departure of his best friend Joshua Speed from Springfield, Illinois, and the proposal by John Stuart Lincoln's law partner to end their law practice. Lincoln is believed to have suffered something approaching clinical depression. In the book, Lincoln's Preparation for Greatness, the Illinois Legislative Years, Paul Simon has a chapter covering the period, which Lincoln later referred to as, quote, the fatal first. On January 1st, 1841, that was, quote, the date on which Lincoln asked to be released from his engagement to Mary Todd. Simon explains that the various reasons given for the engagement being broken contradict one another. The incident was not fully documented, but Lincoln did become unusually depressed, which showed in his appearance. Simon wrote that it was traceable to Mary Todd. <laughs> They're dumping on Mary Todd a lot. During this time, he avoided seeing Mary, causing her to comment that Lincoln deems me unworthy of notice. Oh. <laughs> Yikes. Jean H. Baker historian and biographer of Mary Todd Lincoln describes the relationship between Lincoln and his wife as, quote, bound together by three strong bonds, sex, parenting, and politics. Mm. In addition to the anti-Mary Todd bias of many historians engendered by William Herndon's Lincoln's law partner and early biographer, personal hatred of Mrs. Lincoln, Baker discounts historian criticism of the marriage. She says that contemporary historians have a misunderstanding of the changing nature of marriage and courtship in the mid-19th century and attempt to judge the Lincoln marriage by modern standards. According to the book Lincoln the Unknown, Lincoln chose to spend several months of the year practicing law on a circuit that kept him living separately from his wife. Baker states that most observers of the Lincoln marriage have been impressed with their sexuality. 
and that male historians suggest that the Lincoln sex life ended either in 1853 after their son Tad's difficult birth, or in 1856 when they moved into a bigger house, but have no evidence for the speculations. Baker writes that there are quote almost no gynecological conditions resulting from childbirth. Other than a prolapsed uterus, which would have produced other noticeable effects on Mrs. Lincoln that would have prevented intercourse, and in the 1850s, many middle-class couples slept in separate bedrooms as a matter of custom adopted from the English. Far from abstaining from sex, Baker suggests that the Lincolns were part of a new development in America of smaller families. The birth rate declined from seven births to a family in 1800 to around four per family by 1850. As Americans separated sexuality from childbearing, forms of birth control such as coitus interruptus, long-term breastfeeding, and crude forms of condoms and womb veils available through mail order were available and used. The spacing of the Lincoln children, Robert in 1843, Eddie in 1846, Willie in 1850, and Tad in 1853, is consistent with some type of planning and would have required quote. An intimacy about sexual relations that, for aspiring couples, meant shared companionate power over reproduction. Herndon Lincoln's law partner and biographer attests to the depth of Lincoln's love for Anne Rutledge. An anonymous poem about suicide, published locally three years after her death, is widely attributed to Lincoln. In contrast, his courting of Mary Owens was different. In 1837, Lincoln wrote to her from Springfield to give her an opportunity to break off their relationship. Lincoln wrote to a friend in 1838, "Quote: I knew she was oversized, but now she appeared a fair match for Falstaff." Uh, Falstaff is a fictional character, and he's a, just a big fat dude in、uh, a Shakespeare play. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Lincoln was Lincoln was throwing shade. That's like saying、uh, she should be married to Shrek. I mean, Wiki listeners, you can support us by listening to this message while you throw shade using Shakespearean quotes. Thank you for listening to that message. Let's get back to Lincoln throwing shade at people and his relationship with Joshua Speed. Ooh, it's about to get spicy in here. Relationship with Joshua Speed. Lincoln met Joshua Fry Speed in Springfield, Illinois, in 1837, when Lincoln was a successful attorney and member of Illinois' House of Representatives. They lived together for four years, during which time they occupied the same bed during the night. Some sources specify a large double bed and developed a friendship that would last until Lincoln's death. According to some sources, William Herndon and a fourth man also slept in the same room. Nice. Historians such as David Herbert Donald point out that it was not unusual at that time for two men to share a bed due to myriad circumstances, without anything sexual being implied, for a night or two when nothing else was available. Lincoln, who had just moved to a new town when he met Speed, was also at least initially unable to afford his own bed and bedding. However, Lincoln continued sleeping in a bed with Speed for several years. Oh. A tabulation of historical sources shows that Lincoln slept in the same bed with at least eleven boys and men during his youth and adulthood. Bow chicka bow bow. <laughs> <laughs> so true. <laughs> Saying what we're all thinking. 
There are no known instances in which Lincoln tried to suppress knowledge or discussion of such arrangements and in some conversations raised the subject himself. Tripp discusses three men at length and possible sustained relationships, Joshua Speed, William Green, and Charles Derrickson. However, in 19th century America, it was not necessarily uncommon for men to bunk up with other men briefly if no other arrangement were available. For example, when other lawyers and judges traveled the circuit with Lincoln, the lawyers often slept, quote, two in a bed and eight in a room. William H. Herndon recalled, for example, I have slept with 20 men in the same room. Nice. In the 19th century, most men were probably not conscious of any erotic possibility in bed sharing since it was in public. Speed's immediate casual offer and his later report of it suggest that men's public bed sharing was not then often explicitly understood as conducive to forbidden sexual experiments. In such public arrangements, they would not be alone. Nevertheless, Katz says that such sleeping arrangements, quote, did provide an important site, probably the major site, of erotic opportunity if they could keep others from noticing. Katz states that referring to present-day concepts of homo, hetero, and bi distorts our present understanding of Lincoln and Speed's experiences. He states that rather than there being an unchanging essence of homosexuality and heterosexuality, people throughout history, quote, continually reconfigure their affection and erotic feelings and acts. He suggests that the Lincoln-Speed relationship fell within a 19th century category of intense, even romantic, man-to-man friendships with erotic overtones that may have been, quote, a world apart in that era's consciousness from the central universe of mutual masturbation and the legal universe of sodomy, buggery, and the crime against nature, end quote. Some correspondence of the period, such as that between Thomas Jefferson Withers and James Henry Hammond, may provide evidence of a sexual dimension to some secret same-sex bed sharing. The fact that Lincoln was open about sharing a bed with Speed is seen by some historians as an indication that their relationship was not romantic. None of Lincoln's enemies hinted at any homosexual implications. Joshua Speed and Lincoln corresponded about their impending marriages, and Gore Vidal regarded their letters to each other as having evinced a degree of anxiety about being able to perform sexually on their wedding nights that indicated a homosexual relationship had once existed between them. Despite having some political differences over slavery, they remained in touch until Lincoln died, and Lincoln appointed Joshua's brother, James Speed, to his cabinet as attorney general. In 2016, historian and psychoanalyst Charles B. Strozier published Your Friend Forever, A. Lincoln, The Enduring Friendship of Abraham Lincoln and Joshua Speed, in which he examines their relationship. In 1982, Strozier had previously written Lincoln's Quest for Union, in which there was a chapter that some had taken as support for the Lincoln gay thesis. Strozier concludes that the relationship was not homosexual and that Lincoln was straight. Relationship with David Derrickson Captain David Derrickson of the 150th Pennsylvania Infantry was Lincoln's bodyguard and companion between September 1862 and April 1863. They shared a bed during the absences of Lincoln's wife until Derrickson was promoted in 1863. Derrickson was twice married and fathered 10 children. Tripp recounts that whatever the level of intimacy of the relationship, it was the subject of gossip. Elizabeth Woodbury Fox, the wife of Lincoln's naval aide, wrote in her diary for November 16, 1862, quote, 
Tish says, Oh, there is a bucktail soldier here devoted to the president. Drives with him. And when Mrs. L is not home, sleeps with him. What stuff? This sleeping arrangement was also mentioned by a fellow officer in Derrickson's regiment, Thomas Chamberlain, in the book History of the 150th Regiment Pennsylvania Volunteers, 2nd Regiment, Bucktail Brigade. Wow, that is a very long book title. Historian Martin P. Johnson states that the strong similarity in style and content of the Fox and Chamberlain accounts suggests that, rather than being two independent accounts of the same events as Tripp claims, both were based on the same report from a single source. David Donald and Johnson both dispute Tripp's interpretation of Fox's comment, saying that the exclamation of, What stuff? was in that day an exclamation over the absurdity of the suggestion rather than the gossip value of it. As in the phrase, stuff and nonsense. All right, so this was not necessarily conclusive, but maybe. It's not conclusive. <laughs> like, I don't think anybody has anything absolutely conclusive, but there is lots and lots of evidence suggesting that Lincoln was at least not heterosexual. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it seems that he got what he could get when he could get it. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> And that sounds about right for the time period and the location in the world. <laughs> All right, Lincoln, you do your thing. Lincoln, good job. This has been the Wikipedia page of the sexuality of Abraham Lincoln, part two of two. Thanks for listening to Wikilisten. You can find us at wikilisten.com and on all social media and on TikTok at Wikilisten, except for X, which is at wiki underscore listen. Please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts because it really helps us out. Check us out on YouTube for more content. And don't forget to smash that subscribe button with your pride for your sexual orientation. If there's a particular page you'd like us to read, let us know. We will read it. 